beautiful people across the globe. We just want to welcome you to another edition of D-A-K-I-C-K-B-A-C-K, The Kickback, with Sharika, Sabrina, and E.B. Well, it's been about a week and a half or so, or however many days you want to call it, since we've had a national election. And we kind of know who our president-elect and vice president-elect is, depending on where you stand. And I'm not even talking about where you stand as far as politics, because some people have notably accepted results of what voters have decided in this nation, but others haven't. So as we dive straight into it, where y'all at this week? What's your temp check? Sharika, Sabrina? I feel good. I'm a little disheartened by just people being people. But, you know, the foolishness of, like, they can't just accept what is. But that's okay. That's really not going to change the facts. So I, I try to let that go. But other than that, I think I'm doing great. I really don't have many complaints today. Just grateful to God for another day of life. So, E.B., what are you at today? In between 80, 80, and 85, things are good on my end. No stressors, no complaints, no madness. I would say the weather outside is on point for me. Just another great day in sunny Florida. You know, it is sad. Earlier this week, you had the force of the tropical storm affecting um, a lot of our friends and mm-hmm. peoples in South Florida with a lot of flooding. So it sucks for them how they dealing, but I haven't had to deal with that yet here in the Bay Area. So things are good on my end. I know. Sent a little breeze our way, so that was nice. That was nice, but I feel bad about the flooding. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember telling Dad yesterday, I was like, we've had such great weather these past two days, but I'm like, ah, uh, I think I... I'd like to describe myself as like mini Incredible Hulk. I always had this little rage in me. So I I guess from there, I'd say I'm like at a hundred because I'm so, and I'm going to say the term, I'm pissed off about how not people outside of the church, how people inside the church are responding Mm. to this. First of all, the government is not the church. That is not of this earth when he was on that and they tried to get him to overthrow the government and all that. He was just very clear. Yeah. So I'm more concerned about what you religious leaders are up to. So there's that, but even outside of that. So as a Christian, that's how I feel. But then as an American, okay, so we have 70 million people who voted for one person and 75 who voted for another person. The fact that some, not all, some of the 70 million who voted for Trump are holding on to these baseless claims that Mm -hmm. undermine our democracy. There's no fact to it. For example, we are willing to accept the results for the Senate and the House, but for the presidential election, there's cheating going on. Four years ago, when the margins were much smaller, it was all good to call the winner. But now four years later, it's not We saw this happening months ago. They were already planting seeds that we couldn't Mm -hmm. elect and just in case he didn't win. And I'd like to think, and I tell people this all the time. It's so funny. People think I'm like this bubbly people person. I'm not. I'm an introvert and I really don't like effing with anybody. If I had it my way, I would be me, Sabrina. I didn't, for years, I didn't even care to get married because I was like, why would I want another person all the time? I just don't have, I don't hold people in high regard. I love people. So I'm not surprised or anything by their actions, but I just get really disgusted 
with people. And here I am there yet again. So no, I'm not in a good mood. No, it's not sunny. No, none of that. I am raging on the inside. And EB, I know you encourage us to look at different news outlets. EB, it's not that I don't look at Fox or whatever. I don't look at any of it. I feel like we control our own joy in life. So I really try to be intentional with how I spend my time. Ever since I stopped being in my mom's house, waking up in the morning, because she was faithful with ABC News on every morning getting ready for school, that has just never been my routine. I wake up, I do my devotions, I have my prayer time, I enjoy time with my husband before he's off to work and then I'm off doing all the things that I have to do but EB because you asked me to (laughs) (laughs) I have plugged in it doesn't matter what network I watch I'm just like honestly I can see how the flood happened I can see how a God who loved everybody was like you know what reset because you people are ridiculous and I'm not going to say I'm in a bad mood I'm just pissed off really people we're really going to do this in front of the whole world America We're really going to do this with the baseless claim. So, and you know what, what are we saying to all the people who did vote for Biden? You're saying it doesn't even matter because it's a cheat, it's a cheat. And and this is classic. We see little kids do this all the time. Mm -hmm. They don't win. Oh, it's because so-and-so cheated. I'm seeing people I respect. I'm seeing leaders. I'm seeing people that I thought were, I'm not even going to say wise, but I thought had a little common sense just go over the edge. And you know what, guys? It's very dangerous. It's a dangerous place to be. We've been saying it the whole time. We've been blowing the whistle. But I feel, I mean, I know President-elect talked about letting the temperature be lowered. I don't feel it. The temperature is getting higher. That's where I am. I know that was a very long tip check, but that's where I am. You are good. It wasn't that. It is what it is. We got a lot to unpack from what Sabrina was sharing. Literally was in Bible study last night. And what Sabrina was saying just really brought to mind a scripture that was read. And we did a little study on. So I'm just going to get straight to the point. Today, our invite goes out to none other than Miss I say Stacey Adams, Stacey Abrams. I'm not talking about the suits and I'm not talking about the dress shoes. I'm talking about Stacey Abrams, not Stacey Adams. Stacey Abrams is an American politician, lawyer, voter, voting rights activist, and author who served in Georgia House Representatives from 2007 to 2017. Abrams was the Democratic Party's nominee in the 2018 Georgia gubernatorial election, becoming the first African-American female major party gubernatorial nominee in the United States. She lost to Brian Kemp in an election marked by accusations that Kemp engaged in voter suppression. So this, honestly, is where they were cheating. And it was proven, but you know. In 2019, Abrams became the first African-American woman to deliver the response to the State of the Union address. Abrams had a long rejected an oversimplification of the state as solely populated by white conservatives. She advocated to turn out a project projectable in Georgia for years. In 2013, as a member of the state legislature, she created a voter registration nonprofit called New Georgia Project, which she completed 86 
thousand new voters applications. So after she lost in 2018, she did not stop the fight to continue to get people to vote. And from 2013 all the way to this year, she got 800,000 new voters. That is really what helped Georgia. And a lot of those voters were African-Americans, Latinos, people who have never voted. She registered them to vote. She feels like, yes, since she got these new voters, like they weren't able to vote for her, but at least she was able to help with Georgia and get these people registered to vote, get them engaged in the election process, which in turn helped Biden to win. Listen, sis, your work was not in vain. Just because they did something negative to you and cheated you, she was like, you know what? I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm still going to be writing for my people. I'm still going to get out here and get them engaged in the election, get them engaged in what really benefits us as a people. If we don't vote, we don't have a say. She gave a voice to 800,000 people. And so, Stacey, we salute you, sis. We appreciate you. Thank you for not letting those sour great facts with your real goal and what your real heart was about. And that is why she gets our invite. Shout out to Stacey Abrams, all her hard work and her dedication to not only her people, but simply to mankind and humanity. Gotta shout that out. I love that she took the time not to just put out negativity, but actually yeah. made a difference in her community, which is something I would like to see leaders in all parties do more of instead of just spouting off things on Twitter or in different news networks, do what she was doing. Like she made a huge difference. Mm -hmm. you know? It's beautiful. Yeah. Instead of whining like some other people when they didn't win and she was actually cheated. Instead of whining and crying about how you were cheated, she was like, you know what? It's above me now. And... <laughs> I'm not gonna let this hold me down. I got other bigger things ahead of me and things I need to get done. I told you guys, I did whine and cry four years ago, but it was because I knew he didn't cheat. And I mm. knew Americans were really yes. on what he was on. Once again, it's not so much all of his policies, it's his tactics that are yes. disgusting. And it is disappointing the level of ridiculousness that people subscribe to. Disappointing, but not surprising. And that is the disappointing part. Yeah, definitely No, See, some of it surprises me because not. I feel- why? And this is why I say it surprises me. It's because it's like looking at the sky and being like, the sky is red and not blue. When you definitely see blue. And I'd be like, I don't understand Eureka, how you can't see. Day, Jesus literally healed someone. And the religious leaders were like, but it's the Sabbath, though. And you're yeah. surprised? Yeah, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I won't say I'm not surprised. I won't say I'm totally surprised by everyone, but I am surprised by some. Remember, we live in a, we live in a country that weren't designed for people who look like me and you. Yeah. As much as they want to say this is a place for everyone, as much as they say everyone is welcome, this is a place that endorsed and celebrated slavery. Even yeah. just recently when you saw people taking out statues and wanting to dismiss certain flags, like it was people wanting to celebrate a losing effort to oppress a certain group. Mm -hmm. So you yeah, have sure. those type of issues. And for me, it's just like, not even surprised. What's that? I forgot, is that is it 300? Where you're like, are you not entertained? <laughs> are you not entertained? That's how I 
feel right now. Like I, I'm actually just entertained and baffled by a lot of what I see. And that's why a lot of times, whether it be social media or whether it be people, I enjoy it because now it allows me to be face to face with an individual who I know see things differently than me, but then I can have a conversation with them to try to figure it out. Because via social mm-hmm. media, people hit you with a, like, you can literally trust me. I, and I know some of y'all, and I say some of y'all listeners as well, that you try your best not to engage in back and forth with people via social media. With some of the responses, I encourage you, I implore you, I send you out on a mission to just copy and paste some of the responses of people and just put it into your Google search. Some of these people are literally just copying and pasting from other places and just putting it. Like these are not even their real actual thoughts. And I'm saying it's not their real thoughts because when you have these same conversations in person, they shake up, they're hesitant, (laughs) not sure what to say, or they say, that's not what I meant or what I really meant was, or they hit you with, one little scripture so out of context where you're like, oh my goodness, I pray for your spiritual leaders because they have to get the work on you because it's just mm-hmm. not it. But a person who I admire, who I look up to, but he said, if only we could get people to read their Bible and pray every day, things will be better. Because I honestly feel like it's some people in our world who consider themselves believers. I'm not even going to use the word Christian. Who consider mm-hmm. themselves believers or people of the faith who are not doing that diligent. Because yeah. you can see it in the way that they treat people. You can mm-hmm. see it in the way that they idolize individuals. Like if you honestly believe that EB cares about who's in office as far as Trump or Biden, I would tell you you're sadly mistaken. Yeah. I'm more concerned yeah. that it's an individual who has some form of values of caring, I would say, who resemble the fruit of the spirit. And I can Mm. say the current occupant of the Oval Office, he does not. I actually, I didn't know that this guy said, and this is just, I know we're continuing on, but I didn't know he said that he never asked for forgiveness. He said he didn't need it. That he said he's never asked for forgiveness, but this is a person that people say he is a follower of God. Look at him. He holds his Bible in front of the church and this other person is the edge of Christ. He said, I don't think I've ever asked for forgiveness. I can't say I have. That is what he said out of his mouth. And I would love to have this discussion because I know someone is saying, oh, you're taking out of context. That's not what he really meant. I don't know how else to say it. I don't know no <laughs> believer in this world who can say that they believe in God or they believe in Jesus with all their heart and they've never asked for forgiveness. I just don't know how you can consider yourself a brother or sister of Christ and mine. I don't know. Maybe we're reading a different Bible. And if we are, that's cool. Just don't give me yours to read when we have to stand <laughs> One of my friends on Facebook wrote this and I was just like, I felt that with all my spirit. It says, stop walking around with a mouthful of scripture and a heart full of hate. Mm. Because it's like, Come on, y'all got all the scriptures, but your heart is just so hateful. And you can tell by the way you guys support somebody that is hateful. People are like, well, Trump's policies, Trump's policies. Listen to me when I tell you, I can't care about this man's policies because I feel that his rhetoric is a threat to my everyday life and the life of my loved ones. So I can't get to his policies because I have black men that I love, friends that this man puts their lives in danger, my life in danger every day. Proud boys stand back and stand by all the um, white supremacy. And I know people are like, oh, well, he never supported white supremacy. Stop, stop the foolishness. And so when these people are like, well, what about the unborn babies? What about the live babies and live grown men and women whose lives this man puts in danger? What about them? So we only care about the unborn babies and not even just necessarily black people. I feel like he puts our whole country in danger by the stuff that he does and says. And people just be out here like, what? What about 
love the unborn babies. He loves the unborn babies and he's a Christian man and he's for Christian values and he don't want the gays to get married. These are the things that are important to them, but they are so blind to everything else. And I'm not saying that those things shouldn't be important to them. Yes, we should care about those things, but I personally feel like those are just ploys that he's using to, I don't want to say trick, but essentially, you know, the evangelicals to get y'all to follow him blindly because y'all just don't seem to be listening, having your eyes open to the realities of the other things that are going on. Like, I'm not a person that's just says, well, all this, everything this person does is terrible. And he's a horrible, he is a horrible person, but I won't say that all his policies are terrible and everything that he's ever, you know, done in office is terrible terrible but I will say this man is a terrible person and the things that he spews out of his mouth is terrible and it is dangerous and it is detrimental to the lives of all people and so I can't even worry about this man's policies because the policies ain't gonna help me the tax break if I was making a lot of money ain't gonna help me when I'm gunned down in the street that's not gonna be helpful to me all right you know I love me some Kevin on stage he was like I'm not making the money that people think I'm making but I'm not voting for someone based on tax breaks because I was black first. I will be black last. So money ain't going to save you when you get gunned down the street. Look at um, Rodney King and all Martin Luther King Jr. Like these people were well-known people. They weren't like just your everyday people and they still got the business. Well, I guess in one way, I feel like they're only acting in their interest. They're not black or they don't really care about those hateful rhetorics because I feel like they don't feel like it'll affect them. So it's like, well, I don't really care about that. But the unborn babies though. And I'm just like, well, what are you doing to help save the unborn babies? babies besides just trying to look for an elected official like you could probably do more for those people who are going through those difficult times versus waiting on some president to do something for you all right i'll get down off my little soapbox for now i'm never getting down off of my soapbox i just did it so y'all could talk i didn't want to no, monopolize <laughs> how can you call yourself a patriot and i would consider myself a patriot i love this country it is so clear how he's like attempting to rip our country to pieces with these allegations that we can't trust this process and even the things he's done in the White mm. House. Every time someone doesn't mm. agree with him, they just get fired. You sound like a dictator. <laughs> How is it so clear to me and not clear to people who should be wise beyond their years? People only, as much as they pretend that they care about other people, they really only care about their own interests. The person Evie referred to earlier talking about of people, if you guys put the same energy into action reading your Bible and actually being on the street and actually caring about people, we could change. We could have somebody like President Trump in office and still just be changing the world for good and bringing hundreds of thousands to people to Jesus every day. But we don't want to do that. We want to be on Facebook defending Confederate monuments and flags. Make it make sense, America. We can't make it make sense because it doesn't make sense. Listen, we try to have people on of other beliefs, not in faith-wise, but, you know, in poor Trump and whatnot. And we try to let them help us understand something that we didn't, and I did not. I still don't get it. I still just really don't get it. I can absolutely understand why people voted for and support him. And honestly, everyone has their right. If there's nothing else the three of us would die for, it is Jesus Christ. That is the one thing I would die for. And I think some people truly believe in their heart. They believe what that billboard said, that only God and Donald Trump can save this country. And it breaks my heart because it's so misguided. God mm -hmm. doesn't need anyone. 
He doesn't mm-hmm. need anyone. And if you're putting that much hope and faith in him, wow, we're in big trouble. So yes. I can see where they're coming from. And everyone has a reason. Some is finances. Because we're yeah. talking as Christians. There are people who are not Christians who right. feel just as strong about Biden and Trump, whatever. It's one thing to feel the way you feel about that. But then to equate it with your faith and other people's faith, that yeah. is dangerous. And I will say this because she said it, Grace said when we were having our open forum, she said, you know, Donald Trump is really separating the wheat from the chaff and he's really showing who's a Christian and who's not. And I consider Grace an acquaintance and I had to stop her passionately in her tracks at that statement. I couldn't disagree more. Donald Trump is not the word that sharpens, you know what I'm saying? That, mm-hmm. uh, what does it say about God's word? It's alive and active, sharper than a double-edged sword. It penetrates even to dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and attitudes of the heart. God's word, not Donald Trump, who when asked to recite a scripture, couldn't even recite one. The Holy Spirit does that, sister, not Donald mm-hmm. Trump. Mm-hmm. So that is uh, that is the craziness. And if we're going on to, I guess the hot topic that we're discussing today is this whole idea of if he's going to concede or not. He said, he did, we know him to be a liar. The numbers have shown that Biden has gotten more votes. And once again, I'm like Edie, I honestly don't feel strongly about Trump or Biden, but I do no. feel strong, strongly about ridiculousness. Yeah. Absolutely. And and facts. I do feel strongly about that. So when you have someone who's literally just saying things like I won by a lot mm-hmm. and it getting retweeted by millions. So you are going to continue to hype up and just cause people to pour into these lies to millions of Americans. And you say you love this country. So we're only cheated once. So when you won this, the same thing didn't work in your favor. <laughs> All the cheating things are just for by like North Carolina is allowing mail-in ballots, I think up to nine days after and he's in the lead in North Carolina. And surprisingly enough, there's no fraud claims for the mail-in ballots in North Carolina. Only the places where he's losing. Come on. That's been one of the most interesting things to me about all of this, just because, well, one, we already, well, I don't say we, because I didn't know for sure. I'm not a prophet. But it was a great chance that we knew he would not concede on the election night. Now, the other part is, that's interesting, is that, that there's nowhere in that constitution where a presidential candidate or current occupant of the Oval Office has to concede. Like, this is just something that Mm -hmm. has just naturally been done. I think, I might be wrong, correct me if I'm wrong, listeners, but for people who love our country and want nothing but a smooth and peaceful transition of Mm -hmm. authority, I can't see someone saying that they love our country or keep America great or make America great again. Can't even believe I'm saying these slogans. And they would refuse what people deemed as to use or exercising their rights and freedoms of this nation to vote and cast a ballot and then just go opposite of that vote or ballot being casted. The way that he uniquely just for the past few months letting people know they're going to cheat. This is why they use mail-in ballots, which is interesting because he even used a mail-in ballot in Florida. But it's like, they're cheating, but this is the same way that you're voting. And it's just mind-boggling that people are 
okay with this. And I can only imagine what the world would have been like if Hillary would have behaved herself in this same way. Uh, he was, you know, basically telling her to, you know, go ahead and be a good sport and, you know, they were already going on her and she didn't say those things that, you know, there was... <laughs> they had a whole slogan, lock her up. Like, you wanted to put a person in jail. I will, I'm going to turn it into a little something else and just talk about the election process this year, which was so different than in the past years. I really appreciated the early voting. I really appreciated the opportunity to get out there and not have to wait till the one day to go and vote that we could actually have... It was like, what, almost two weeks to like get out there and vote, maybe even a little longer. I appreciate that. I feel like we should keep that. I laugh when those those votes kept coming in and, and the states were flipping colors and Donald Trump was flipping his lid. I thought that was hilarious because he was the one that was telling his Republicans, don't vote by mail. You need to go in person. They're going to steal the vote. They're going to do this when their votes were counted because all the in-person votes were counted first. And then the mail-in votes, which were mostly Democratic, started coming in at the end and flipping it. And he was like, well, where's all the Republicans? Well, sir, you told them to go in person. And them like fools followed you and did that. And now you ain't got no votes towards the end and it all changed. The other thing was good this year was the highest number of voters. So there was a few good things besides Biden winning that happened during the election season. They sent out the stuff in the mail so you were able to look at your stuff. Like Sabrina was saying, she sat down and was able to look at her things early. And I was able to look at my stuff early and try to get your votes in like what you want to stand for. So you're not just like at the last minute, like, well, trying to read that whole thing. Because when you get up to the thing ballot at that point, you're like, I, I don't want to read. You should have already done your reading. I know in Florida, like early voting has somewhat like been a thing in the last like maybe three or four elections. I want to say it was like early 2000s. It just, it wasn't necessarily promoted because it's like those people who did early voting or voting by mail, they naturally just did it because of work not allowing them to get off. Yeah, I was going to say, I thought you had to have like a read, like it wasn't just because you wanted to. Wanted like, to yeah. You um, had to have like, oh, I'm going to be out of the country during this time or I'm going to be away and I need to do it. You know, so I know they had that, but like for to be available for anybody. I thought that was And great. then you have, of course, because of just the nature of where we're at right now with this pandemic, mm -hmm. just made it a lot more, I guess you would say safer mm -hmm. for many people. So now definitely some mm -hmm. great highlights of this election. And I think, like I know people, I won't say necessarily pride themselves on it being a lot of people voting, but I think people have to realize that with like the generation, I'm saying generation that's outgoing, just that age of the baby boomers, this upcoming generation of like millennials and generation Z, it's a lot of people who have been born within the past two decades or so, which causes a lot of those 18 to 22 year old voters who couldn't vote in the last election. Mm. So that just naturally helps. And I think you see slightly, not necessarily a shift of where the country is going, but you definitely see a shift in people being more active and engaged because a lot mm -hmm. of information that is out there is via social media, where yeah. a lot of this crowd spends a lot of their time. So they're mm -hmm. able to see a lot of what's going on. Similar to what Sabrina alluded to earlier, it's not necessarily of where I stand on the political spectrum, but I can't just see myself watching something that leans right or leans left, viewing out information because it's just at times slightly discomforting or it's just like, how do I know you're actually telling the truth? So now I have to watch you as an individual, watch your policies, watch 
what you put out and not just mainstream media guiding the conversation of how I should feel as an individual. I know more directly toward, well, I would assume, Sharika, you're directly towards people who are eligible voters in this country. Like if you don't vote, mm -hmm. you don't have a say. But for me, I always say, I think everybody has a say who has just the privilege of living here because there's some people who are convicted felons who can't vote. Many of them, their rights haven't been restored because of just the laws of the land. And it's just like, does that person not have a say in what goes on? Or you have a kid who maybe was brought here as, or an adult now, but brought here as a kid at the age of two or three and basically came here as an immigrant with their parents fleeing maybe some horrible situation back in their home country. And it's like, they can't vote, but do they not have a say? And one of the things that's always interesting is we have these representatives, these politicians, these senators, the president, where all of these people who are working are contributing to society via their tax dollars, but they don't have a voice in what happens with those tax dollars because they can't vote. So they yeah. have to hope for the best, which is always mind boggling to me. Cause like some days I'm, I'm like, well, maybe we should be able to choose if we want to pay taxes or not. I was talking to me and Dr. Dixon. I was like, I, I don't really care for the local park as much as other people do. I don't mind the park, but I don't never go walk the park. I don't ride my bike through a trail park. Like, why am I paying tax dollars to upkeep this park in this community? I'm good in my house, especially these days. I don't want to be around certain people. <laughs> I want to make it like when I'm at home, I feel like I'm more safe than when I'm out and about. That's yeah. just me. Now, granted, I'm just kidding. But like <laughs> those dollars go to parks and recs and schools, yeah. roads and all of those things. And all of those things are definitely helpful to society. But think about those people who put in tax dollars to certain things where they're not welcome to. I think that some of that stuff should be changed. What we And also the whole, you know, immigration process. I think that's a whole another topic for a whole another time. But like, I think that whole process should be changed, especially for the, like some of those scenarios in which you were talking about with people coming over here and contributing. You're over here paying your taxes. You're over here being a model citizen. Like, I feel like some of that stuff, you know, we should be helping these people become citizens if that's the, what they would like to do. Definitely. But in regards to like being a part of that change of the White House and all the other things that are on the ballot, that's where we get to really put down on paper what we and what we believe should happen. Sometimes it's listened to, or sometimes, you know, a lot of other people agree with what we want and that gets voted in. And then like Trump, sometimes it doesn't. I want to talk about Saturday night when we all got the news and then we got to see the speeches and all that kind of stuff. Sabrina really acknowledged just how Joe's word, or Joe, President-elect Joe Biden, or let me get put some respect on that man's name. His speech gave hope, but I wanted to talk about how that man, y'all was calling that man Sleepy Joe, and y'all saying this man looked like he was almost out of here. The way that man came jogging out onto the stage said, oh, don't count me out yet. That man put a little pep in his step, jogged out had that nice little black suit. He looked like he looked like he got reinvigorated. And I was like, you know what? Trump could never. I really didn't care a whole lot for either of the candidates, but I felt a renewed sense of hope. And that's kind of where I want to end this part on some of the hopeful things. And there's a whole bunch of hullabaloo that will be continuing until the final say, but I feel like there are things to hope for and to have hope in and not, and I don't have hope in Joe Biden or President-elect Biden or Kamala Harris. Like 
as in them as individuals, I do have hope in the vision that they're trying to cast and the unity that they're trying to spread. I love that even while I was watching it, the Trump era was fading away because they didn't bother mentioning him. This is awesome that we can have this conversation and we don't have to bring somebody else's name in it. Like my mom used to tell me, growing up, if you you get in trouble, you're trying to bring your sibling's name in it. No, no, no. This is about you and I. Let's stay focused, yep. America. And so yep. I appreciate it that I appreciate it the moving forward and people will say well four years ago you guys were saying not my president yes and it was because of the hatred and all of the things that you've already heard us talk about I don't want to be associated with that from anyone and my friends will tell you whether it's this person that person pastor boss whatever anyone who's doing the wrong thing and not the god thing I am very quick to disassociate myself so I was, uh, well, I didn't even have the energy to say not my president. I just was whatever, you know, <laughs> like I was like, whatever. But now I am embracing what's happening next because I feel we're moving in a positive direction. And I feel good about the fact that 75 million people said, we're not putting up with this anymore. That is absolutely beautiful. And I think that we focus too much on what the other side is trying to put out there with the cheeks or whatever. We'll miss the fact that 75 million, more than any other time, time in history said, yeah, this, this, we're not doing this. And shout out to all the uh, world leaders who congratulated us, some quicker than others. But I just thought, oh, look at that. <laughs> I saw somebody else was talking about when the dear America, when the whole world is holding its breath, you know that somebody is trash. <laughs> when literally okay. around the world, they're just like, ah, good job. <laughs> <laughs> so that's all I have to I have to say about that. But I am gonna have two eyes open because like I said, a mm -hmm. fire has been lit and it won't be put out. And I really hope this administration does do well because I'm gonna hold them to the same standard mm -hmm. that I held the Trump administration. Somewhat similar, not necessarily a hope in either candidate, the current occupant or the incoming occupant of the Oval Office. It's more so a, I would say if anything, I have a hope for humanity. And my hope for humanity is that we can continue to see people coming together. And I know part of his acceptance speech was like, what does it look like for us to, what unites us? There are naturally things that unite us as a body of people. It's interesting and I'll go back to it and I'll continue to go back to it because it's something that's just a, a reality for me. But just a few months ago, when a lot of people saw a lot of the protesting in the streets for innocent lives being lost, it was, that's not a real thing. Why are you guys trying to divide America? We're all the same, come together, come together. Now, when an election happened, that same energy is not kept. Like we could continue that same messaging of we're all here, like we, we're in this together. And what does that look like for us as a body of people? And if you are, and I say social media, mainly not on Facebook, but if you follow me on Instagram or Twitter, you will know that since Saturday, it's just about every day, Senator Joe Biden or former Vice President Joe Biden and Senator Kamala Harris have gotten a tweet from me. I am tweeting them faithfully. If you know me, I will make <laughs> sure that they, like whether it's them reading it or somebody on their team, but the same energy, as Sabrina said, the same energy that the last administration or the current administration got, I assure you that the next one will get it the same way. Mm -hmm. um, some of you know the church that we attend and it's the same thing. The same energy that the last pastor got, the next pastor <laughs> gonna get. Like you go, like it doesn't change. Like I, I can't see myself as an individual. Maybe it's consistent. Yeah, I, I can't waver 
part of who I am for the sake of who you are. I just can't. I don't feel like God has called me to that. So like, I expect them to stand true on their promises on what they would do with this pandemic. I expect them to see some form of economic revival within the country. I expect that immediate minimum of $10,000 taken away from student loans per undergraduate federal loans that we're taking out. Like I expect that rather sooner than later. I expect some form of climate change or us getting back into Paris Accord or something similar to that of just trying to do better by our environment. It'll be me not only talking or tweeting them, but it'll also be our local representatives of saying, hey, what's up? Like, you know, I thought we was on this. When you're running, this is what you said. But now that you're in that seat, it seems like you voted another way. Like, are you being swayed by your peers in Washington or are you really caring about your constituents here in the Bay Area, because I care about my local elected officials as well. Like I bubbled it in when I went there to early voting. So I didn't bubble it in just for the sake of bubbling it in. I voted it for a specific individual or voted a certain judge out because I felt like it was necessary and it was time. So no hope in the necessarily the individual, but definitely hope in us as a body of people. I will say it was really fun to, and I've never done this before, which is crazy. After voting, I have never really looked back and seen who won of all my people. So I took my sample mm. ballot home and then that week I went on my sample ballot and I circled all the places where the person I voted for won. And then I put a little red X where they lost. So now if you ask me like, oh, who's doing that agricultural, whatever, who won that? I can tell you my girl, Sandra, with the hand on her hip, she won. <laughs> <laughs> she won. And think so I am, I don't know, I'm energized and I'm excited to, like Evie said, hold these people accountable and use my voice as a positive force in the community for the things that I want to see happen. So Sabrina, what happened back in the day? Well, Sharika, voter fraud and all that, it's nothing <laughs> new. There's always been drama in history, not even just in our country, around the world when it comes to voting. So for today, oh, first of all, I want to say sometimes back in the day, it even bores me, guys. So I'm going <laughs> to be working. No, I'll be listening back and I'll fast forward through the podcast because I'm like, oh, it's so long. And I admit, a lot of times I'm not prepared. I just Google history.com or NPR or some.gov and whatever they got for me, I summarize it. I always give them credit in our show notes and I just kind of read it. Uh, but I have a new thing. I'm going to try to do it, not starting today, because once again, I, I'm trash because I did the same thing I normally <laughs> do. But moving forward from today, I'm going to try to condense it to two minutes and make it really fun for you guys and actually put in the work. So if you've been feeling like that, don't worry. I don't get hurt feelings easy. I've been feeling the same way, but let's try to get through this, <laughs> this format today where we are going to talk about how Americans have voted through history. And we've always had many ways to vote here in the US, but at the beginning of American democracy, it was a lot more varied than just mailing in a ballot or standing in line to vote like we see today. It was also far less equitable. It all started with voice voting. Were you assuming that you were like a white man who owned land? <laughs> you basically mm -hmm. just shouted your voice from the rooftops in front of all your neighbors. <laughs> and usually you did this while you were like fighting over a keg and the keg would be like sponsored by the candidates, no less. And the whole day was basically a huge 
party. It was like a holiday where there is a ton of drinking. Everybody's there. It's like a big, big celebration of public life from voice voting to writing your candidate's name on a scrap of paper. That's only if you knew how to write at all. Some counted beans or bullets or kernels of corn and others would stand on opposite sides of the town square for a poll, a physical counting of heads. But one thing was for sure, it was important politically that voting be open. We've always been on that wanting some type of an open process, but how you voted was left up to the states to decide. Meanwhile, as each state was designing its own process, there was another system taking shape too, and that is our political parties. And so political parties began trying to think about how to make sure that they're maximizing the votes of their supporters. And they realized they could tap into one of the most exciting advances of the early 19th century, which was printing, cheap printing. And this was all happening at a time when more and more men could not only read, but vote. By the end of the 1820s, most states had adopted universal white male suffrage, meaning you didn't have to have land to vote anymore. Sorry, if you were a Native American or a woman or Black, you still couldn't vote. But if you were white and you didn't have land, you could, right? You didn't need any money. You just needed to be a white guy who could get your hands on a party ticket. And there were like these giant sheets of paper and they were like flaming red or bright blue ballots, right? And that like signaled your party's loyalty, which empowered the party system. And the more solidified the parties, the more splintered the public, which set off a whole new set of problems. And then it became extremely dangerous to vote. Violence and intimidation wreaked havoc on elections, especially for those voting in that minority. But this wasn't the only problem with the party ticket system run by corrupt party bosses. People soon realized that they could use their vote for something other than voting. They could use it to eat. Yes, literally eat. And people would sell their votes for a sandwich. So then skip to the industrial revolution when the economy boomed and so did the wealth gap. Now we're having a whole new way of imagining the act of voting because the people in power were only watching over their employees at work they were watching them at the polls. So like if I was a factory owner and I wanted you to vote for this person because of taxes, I can't watch you vote and then be like, you better vote for who I want you to vote for or else you're gonna lose your job, which is absolutely crazy. So now we go to 1865 where we can thank Australia because they came up with the secret ballot and it became law there and then it became law in England and yay America started to catch on state by state and in 1888 Massachusetts became the first to adapt the secret ballot and if you think about the act of getting a printed ballot which has all different party nominees on the ballot and then going into a booth to vote privately and secretly without being able to talk to anybody else. Well, you have to be able to read, right? So the secret ballot in a place like Massachusetts actually disenfranchised the truly poor who can't read. And the thing is, this just wasn't happening in Northern industrial states. So Mississippi in 1890 had poor African-American men and poor whites who were actually beginning to join together politically because the robber barons were taking them to the cleaners. From here, the people looked up and said, we have got to stop this thing. So they talked about cleaning up the election, removing corruption from the ballot box and ensuring the integrity of our elections. But what it did was really remove African-Americans by using the legacies of slavery, like poverty, like illiteracy as a means to block African-Americans from the ballot box. A reform meant to protect those with the least amount of power was used by those in power to keep folks 
out of politics altogether. And this overall shift that we see in the process of voting from a rowdy public spectacle to a private affair has a big symbolic impact too. Because when you're all alone in that little booth, it can be hard to remember who you're voting for, not in terms of remembering a candidate's name or how to spell it, but actually remembering who your vote is for. Secret voting has an unintended consequence, which is that it gives you the idea that your vote is just something private unto yourself, as opposed to a public commitment and a public statement that you make as a citizen. Oh, thank you for that information and that insight. I think it's interesting that even back then, you had the counting of just the heads. So just like, we're not going to go through all these you know, coffee beans or y'all writing stuff down because we know some of y'all can't write, y'all can't read. So we even write these down for y'all to try to read and circle something. But like, just stand out here and experience this. And then even when you said in the town square, it just took me to a place of like those old Western movies where kind of like everybody, everything, I guess, I don't say big, but just the main stuff, the diner or the restaurant was there, the bar or the pub was there, the bank was there, the home, like everything was right there in that center. And then now that I look at those old movies in my head, like there were never really no houses around. So like these people really came from like the outside, like on their horses or in their wagons to come into town. Like when people are like, I'm going to town. Like you don't necessarily hear that now. It's just like, all right, I'll be back or I'm leaving. But depending on a small town, you hear like, oh, I'm going to town or I'm leaving town or something like that where everything is in that small area. And I know Sabrina, me and you, we traveled to Haiti together a while ago or now over a decade ago. That's the same thing that happens in those smaller places where it's not much that happens in the little village with a group of people, but they'll have to go into town to make things happen and basically have their voice heard with certain issues. So thank you, thank you, thank you for sharing that back in the day. Um, as Sabrina mentioned, some days it just be a little trash when it comes to what we dive into. And I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't really have much to expound on for whatever reasons have been wrapped up in the legal battle of our current president and different states. Interesting that in one voice or in one tweet, I should say, he says that he won the election. And then in another one, he says, we have to recount because they're just, the votes are invalid. And in my head, I'm just like, I don't know if we can just cheat on, like I'm saying we as in America, not me as an EB, not don't put me in whatever's going on in the political sphere, but just how it can just be so slanted in one way, because if he would have won, I'm pretty sure that cheating wouldn't have been mentioned at all. So I think I saw something the other day where some of his lawyers have said, I don't think we have a chance. And then another lawyer, and this is one that many of you may have, you know, Rudy Giuliani, he said, we don't have any evidence, but we're going to file a lawsuit. And when people talk about America being great. People talk about <laughs> keeping America great. This is one of the most interesting things in the world that I can say out of my mouth that I don't have any evidence, but I'm still going to file a lawsuit. Like that is a privilege beyond itself within <laughs> this country that I don't think you can have in other places. Like it's one of the things that is just funny to me. I'm not going to explain too much into all of this because I actually want to see more of it play out to see what actually happens. Mm. It's like maybe I think five or six states where a president and a campaign is filing a lawsuit towards a state, which is crazy. I didn't even know stuff like this could happen, but I guess it's a first for everything. And as we're living in 2020, we have experienced a lot of firsts and it got me wanting to file a lawsuit to pay my student loans. I don't have any, <laughs> I don't have any evidence. 
that America has done me wrong, but I'm just gonna, I just know they have because it's just, I just know they did. I just, they did me wrong. And I, I need y'all, I just need it. I don't need much. I just need my student loans paid off. That's all I really have for you guys today because it's, I don't know, my, my mind is just all over the place with this stuff. Cause it's just like, why is this even a thing? Why are we making it news? Why is it news? Why am I even adding to it by sharing it? <laughs> but part of it again, just entertaining. Mm-hmm. I, I tend to smile, I tend to scratch my head and I tend to go on his Twitter and just screenshot and send it to group chats that I'm in because it's just part of everyday life and it, it keeps conversation flowing with me and my peers. So I appreciate our president in some sense. I know some don't, but that's between them and him and God, but I appreciate him. He keeps something on my mind to talk about. So I'm going to start with my recommendations. I have two for you. Number one, I recommend that you do something you enjoy this week. If that's for you celebrating Christmas early by putting up your decorations or watching a movie or listening to your Christmas music, do it. If that's for you going out and putting your feet in the sand if you live near the beach and just watching the wave, do it. If that's getting your nails done, getting a massage, as long as you can do that safely without, you know, interacting with someone that to get you the virus, do that. Do something you enjoy this week because there's a lot of things that are going on that we don't enjoy. That have been stressful. That have been overwhelming. So I encourage you guys to do something you enjoy this week. Whether it's go get you a Starbucks drink, go get you a smoothie, a frosty, whatever it is, just do something you enjoy this week. And my number two recommendation is a recommendation that I'm going to borrow from Dave Chappelle. And that is do something nice for a Black person that is undeserved. Because for many years, people have been hateful and hurtful to Black people, undeserved. So I encourage you to do something for a Black person that is undeserved. And that's my recommendation for this week. Sorry. Um, when did he say this? Okay, well, see, I thought you were going to go there, but since you did it, now my third recommendation is that you go watch Dave Chappelle's opening monologue for SNL. It's on YouTube. I recommend you go watch it. Be prepared for lots of N-words, a few B-words, and maybe some other words. But it's good, and I recommend that you watch it. It was funny, but it was also very good. So I recommend that for you as well. <laughs> All right, so Christians, I recommend you to get into the word and the prayer before you type a single thing on Facebook about this election. Mm. Do that. I don't care if you're ecstatic that Biden is president-elect or if you are devastated about Trump. Remind yourself of where your hope and your help comes from, the Lord, okay? Be encouraged by the word this week. Be on that. I'd also like to remind you guys that your voice really matters. Kathy Castor. Ross Soprano, Mark Rubio, Rick Scott. These are all people who have heard from me this week. They've heard me say, listen, the American democracy deserves to be respected and protected. And I need you to voice that on behalf of me in Washington from your office. So I recommend you Remind yourself of who your local representatives are, who's representing you in the House and the Senate. Call your congressmen and women and tell them how you feel about what's going on. Let the 75 million voices be heard and more, because I'd like to think people on all sides do not want our election system here in the U.S. undermined, okay? None of us are excited for a coup d'etat. 
So keep that same energy, friends. Let your voice be heard, not just in the presidential elections, but all year round for every situation that you're passionate about. It is a quick Google search to get their number, their address, right call, leave a message. EB, what you got? So this week I have a podcast and it's really for, I don't say it's for anybody, but if you, you're one of those people who just, you like to acquire more information and you like to learn more and it's maybe stuff that you hear in, I guess, in little nuggets or in bit pieces. And you're like, I don't know too much about that. A podcast that I recommend to you guys is Stuff You Should Know. Um, this past mm -hmm. week, I remember always hearing about the Bay of Pigs disaster or situation, but these two guests, they just dive into just different topics throughout American history about just stuff that we all should know as American citizens. And I think as we talk about just politics and we talk about this election and what this transition, if there is a transition, because there's some people who say that come January 21st, Donald Trump will still be our president. Who knows? But it's just different information for those of you who want to dive into the world of history and just gaining more clarity on why are things the way they are within our nation, or why do people act the way they act, or why do people feel the way they feel. Next week, I'm just going to give you all a heads up. I got a book for y'all to read, but I'm not going to recommend it to you today because I actually have to finish reading it to make sure I'm recommending something legit to y'all. Well, thank you guys for enduring this with us. Listen, it's a lot going on in this lifetime, but it is a good time to be alive. I will thank say you, that. Man. Thank God for life. And I, I do want to clarify, just because I don't like people doesn't mean I don't love them. So I, I, I took it God. personal, Sabrina. I just will say my feelings were <laughs> well, hurt. Well, I just thought, you know, I don't want people to think, oh, but, you know, she talks about being a Christian and you can, you cannot like something and love them. And I, I just, mm, mm, I can see why Jesus flipped <laughs> the tables. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the kickback. If you're down with the squad, make sure you share it with your peoples and subscribe to the pod as well. Hit us up on our social media channels for topics, comments, or questions concerning this episode or any other episode. I know we've been slacking, but y'all been slacking too, which is causing <laughs> us to slack because y'all be slacking. But as always, if life tries to knock you down, just make sure you kick back. Until next week. Bye, then.